Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody disgusting network. Coming up next is something indescribable, tantalizing, and mind-numbing. Enjoy. Did you ever watch The Twilight Zone? Remember The Twilight Zone with Burgess Meredith? Remember, he, he, he loved to read, and there was a nuclear war, and he had no friends anyway, and he was down oh, on the base of glasses. What about the mannequins that got two weeks off and turned into humans, and they were allowed to go out and shop for two weeks on their own, and then this one came back, and it was over two weeks, and the other mannequins went, come over here for a minute, and turned into plastic. You, you want to see something really scary? Welcome, everybody, to Zoning Out. I'm Christopher Feinstein, joined with, as always... John Sachs, Frank Bonacci, and Judd. Gentlemen, today we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 5, Walking Distance, with an air date of October 30th, 1959. A man travels back in time to his childhood, arriving just a few miles away from his native town. What do we think? Ooh. Ooh. This was solid, dude. Yeah. This was a good one. This was yeah. top We're all notch. Smiling zone. and shaking our heads right now. You That's can't, a good sign. A stark, <laughs> a stark difference from last week. Fantastic. It was a return to form. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. It every it it's weird in that it seemed to address the complaints. I, I texted you because I was like so like blown away by it where I was like, this feels like almost like a weird thematic continuation of episode four, where it's like what like if episode four had had an interesting conclusion, which it didn't, as we all know, <laughs> it would have been this one where a version of this where some, you get that. Oh, you're back to those what those days you idealized. And it's not what you actually want. And it's like, right, that's what I wanted in episode right. four. It's like. That's what we wish we would have saw last week. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot. It just it just starts out. You're like, this is so good. It's like you just felt it like right from the jump. It's like, oh, this feels good. Yeah, it's just nice. You know what? I was as I'm watching it, I'm saying to myself, what would you do in that situation where you find yourself back in time now and you have to convince your loved ones that you are who you are? How would you go? Like, I think to myself as I'm watching, I'm like, that would be easy. I would just tell them things like, you know, but I mean, obviously it's not. He was telling them all the right things. If I slip back to 87, I just huck an iPhone at them. It's like, look at this. This don't (laughs) exist, right? Okay. Get out of here. (laughs) I mean, my mom chain smoke. My dad chain smoking. (laughs) Um, I think every, uh, person of uh gen x on down needs to watch this episode and it's just like guys maybe it's time to stop idealizing that past so much huh fellas because maybe it's maybe put the toys away now huh? maybe the 80s can you can, we can finally let it rest yeah put those toys away it's like you know why don't you look forward to something else otherwise you're gonna walk out of here with a limp <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone go back to watch the episode again to see if he had the limp at the beginning? Because I didn't notice, and I was going to do it, but then I just he, ran out of time. He did not. He bootstrap paradoxed himself. Mm. 
Oh, wow. I was curious about that, and I was going to go back and watch it just as, but life got in the way. So this episode starred Gig Young. Can I tell you a really funny Gig Young story? Yes, please. please. Okay. Gig Young, uh, great actor and ton of stuff. Uh, he's in one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, They Shoot Horses, Don't They?, which is one of the most depressing. It's the most demoralizing movie ever made. It's wonderful. It's it ta- it's about dance hall marathons. Did you ever read about dance hall marathons? That and how they're like literally like they're like crimes against humanity. I definitely did not <laughs> read about dance hall marathons. I don't think many people have read about. Oh, dude, thirties dance hall marathons. <laughs> oh, you're sitting there. It's like what? Just people dancing. It's like no. <laughs> it's it. They came out of the depression. It's just like you just watch people would compete for like a cash prize or some kind of prize. But they were doing it because they'd have a place to stay and eat. And you danced. It wasn't like, oh, like what? Like uh, what, 24 hours? Like, no, weeks. They keep you <laughs> dancing for weeks. And and it was just to enjoy other people's suffering. <laughs> that Buffy episode. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, but uh, it's a great movie. It's it, you'll be it's like one of those one and done movies where you watch um, like well, Midnight Express. There would be a sequel to uh, the tortures oh. of the dance hall. <laughs> oh, it's great! You, it's hysterical. It's actually comically mean. It's comically sad. Like it's like, this, come on, how horrible! Like Jesus Christ, the thirty sucked. Except in this episode. But uh, so Gig Young, here's a crazy story. So Gig Young uh, won an Oscar for that, and then he uh, had a bit of a problem with the bottle. So mm. in 1974, he's cast in this western. Uh, this new Western is shooting at Warner Brothers. And I actually watched the director talk about this and uh, gets and they know he's got a drinking problem. He's like, don't worry, I think we can work with him. They get to set. OK, rolling. Take one. He starts foaming at the mouth and is like passing out like right in front. Like, oh, shit. Like, like he is gone. Like he's like he cannot work. Um, so the director flummoxed, calls one of his friends up who he'd worked with in a previous movie and had him fly out and replace him. He had to be replaced after the first day. Uh, what was the name of that movie? Oh, uh, the director. What was it? Uh, the director's name was, I can't. Oh, Mel Brooks. And the movie was Blazing Saddles. He was supposed to play the Waco kid and Gene w- the Gene Wilder role. Really? Wow. Yep. Wow. yep. And uh, huh. he lost that job. He actually. Because of the was, bottle, he lost it? Yeah. Because of the. Just like in the movie. That's why they cast him. He's like, hey, he's like, hey, he's like, alcoholism, I got this part licked. And it's just like, no. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, crazy story. He was also supposed to play Charlie in Charlie's Angels. Just the voice. And he could not show up to work. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. So that's how his career ended after like if you and uh, after his, you know, he's been not he was nominated a couple of times before uh, they shoot horses, don't they? And it's a towering performance in that. So it's really kind of tragic what happened to him, how he ended up. But uh, uh, great actor all the same. Yeah. Three time Oscar nominee. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? He was going to be the wake like in another universe. Like he's the Gene Wilder character directed uh, first returning director, right? Returning the first time. Yeah. First returning director. Uh, Robert yep. Stevens. Directed, where, directed is everybody? Uh, where is everybody? First episode oh, wow. of the series. Does this? Does he do more after this? I didn't really no, check. But that's it. it. That's it. Really? Wow. That was it. Yep. Wow. What a fucking Two good ones. What a bat in a thousand. He's like, I'm out. He's yeah, like, I'm out. Yeah, really. I established the tone of the show. Made one of its best episodes. Walking away. Walking and away. He is around. <laughs> I mean, this is such. I mean, I, this is what Twilight Zone does the best. It takes like. 
a fun like fantasy premise and really get, like really rings it out for all it's worth when it's on when it's when it's hitting firing all cylinders and like this one was um oh by the oh i want to live in the 30s but that of that episode don't you want to live there <laughs> how great if they how had a thousand percent oh my god 10 cent ice- malteds oh ice cream sodas man you know what i'd kill for an ice cream soda for ten for a dime no less Wish I had a million dollars. Hot dog. It's like, uh, it's a wonderful <laughs> life. It reminded me of that. Mr. Gower. Well, that's why I, th- I think I like the episode. I mean, I, it's also a cool Twilight Zone, but it, everything about it is so fun and light. And everyone's such like a whippersnapper. You know, there's that like light energy where it's just candy and rainbows. And then it gets dark into Twilight Zone. But like the intro into this world is just so it's so light and fun. Yeah, it's just great. It's just it's all pleasant. It's like it's weird that that whole that whole syndrome. It's like this. It makes you ask like the question this episode is like, is the world really shittier or am I just old and finished and I just can't handle it no more? <laughs> that seems to be a talking point that we have so far in the, the last few episodes of that we're old and finished when we watch these. Yeah, it's just like because I really relate to it. It's like, man, I'd go back to 87. <laughs> but it's like you go back and like. His version of 80, like somebody in 87 is going, man, I'd love to go back to 62. Yeah, right. Like that's 1959. And you're like thinking, well, that's the best. That's the best America was. It's right before Vietnam. We're like, I mean, we have frozen food. Finally, <laughs> people are like people are jiving. It's a- well, it's interesting to see Serling. This show, t- this show comes out in 59. And even back then, he's like, oh, well, let me show you when it was actually great. And his daughter said this was his favorite episode. Yeah, I heard. I mean, I how can that. it not be? It's about your childhood and about how how you were so much happier as a kid. But were yeah. you happier as a kid? Maybe not. Yeah, hmm. Serling wrote about some uh, the the park in the was it recreation. It was based on a recreation park in uh, Serling's hometown of Binghamton. Mm-hmm. The the carousel, the bandstand. There's even a plaque actually in Recreation Park in Bin- Binghamton uh, commemorating the episode. So oh, that was awesome. a big thing for Serling, that's cool. you know, re- pretty much recreating his hometown. But this, there was a, there was a couple of the like nods, like personal notes that Serling made, like with this episode, as uh, Martin Sloan is reminiscing and walking through his hometown of Homewood, reminiscing about like the people that he knew as a child. He mentions uh, Doctor Bradbury, and this was uh, Rod Serling acknowledging uh, Ray Bradbury, oh. who was you know a huge influence. I like little things like that, little nods, little personal nods that writers put in. It's fun. Did you guys have a local candy shop in your town? Um, not really. We had a drugstore that we used to go into that sold candy, and they used to chase us out of it every time I wanted <laughs> to buy anything. Mm. That's what I had. I had a place called Fina's, and when I was a kid, you could buy uh, candy cigarettes, and it was the mm. coolest thing ever. The gum sucked, but you could actually pretend you were smoking. And yeah, the gum you could little, smoke. Yeah, yeah, the little yeah. smoke, the little sugar powder used to. You get used to get one good puff, and then that was it would it. go away. Yeah. And the gum wasn't even good, so it was just no. for the one puff. But it was worth yeah. it for the puff. And then they they put out those sorry excuses of uh, replacements for those those chalky cigarettes. Remember those the chalky candy cigarettes? Uh, they I actually got I, some in Florida in uh, Key West. They actually sold really? them still. Oh yeah, it's the Wild it West like down tongues. there. They don't care. <laughs> ter- they were terrible. Did you notice uh, the little boy in the street? Ron Howard? A little Ron, credited as Ronnie Howard? Could you tell it was him when you first saw first saw the mug? Nope. 
I no, I, 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 I had to look it up. I had to. Me fi- too. I, had to, I, I saw it in like the, when I was like you know right like going through my notes and stuff, and I found I was like, oh, that's Ron Howard. I, I did not rec. I would not have recognized him. He shows up again later. Yeah. Uh, him and his brother Clint were like, they were running the child star game back in the sixties. He <laughs> back when Ron was five years old. Yeah, and he still had hair. Did you guys get the vibe? I, like, I was trying to figure out why I enjoyed this so much. And the entire episode feels like it's been parodied in comedies I love. Do you get that vibe? Like, everything about it feels familiar? Those stories, they're just so comforting. Like, going back to your past and, you know, looking at things how, like, through a different set of eyes and reminiscing and saying, like, it's just a great plot point. Yeah, I feel, I feel like this has been ripped off a lot of times in stuff that I've probably seen a lot of times. So it feels extra familiar and comfortable. Yeah. But also like all the performances are so big, very dramatic, but in like a fun way and everything's, you know, it's like Martin, Martin, you know, like all that stuff is so funny to me, <laughs> even though it's not really supposed to be, but like, I just, it's just such a fun episode. The locals are very blase about this deranged middle-aged man running up and chasing a boy almost to his death on the carousel. He's just like, he's just sitting there hanging at the end of the episode. It's just like, who is this crazy identity, like, who has no identification because the dad comes back on his wallet later. It's like, so some raving lunatic chasing a little boy. That's me. That's me. (laughs) I'm Martin. I mean, it's not as good as Disney's The Kid, but this is pretty solid. It's pretty close. We're knocking at the door. Disney's um, the kid. Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this is like you could tell like Rod Serling eventually adapted um, A Christmas Carol with a, a Carol for Another Christmas. And like that's just like it really comes down to that story template of revisiting your past. I mean, like it's like it's such a that's where the root of all time travel science fiction stories is that need to like that human desire to like go back and like, oh, if I could only do this and I could only do that. All I've ever wanted is to own a candy shop that had two floors so that periodically I could walk upstairs, open a room, see Frank, <laughs> see Frank sitting there in a room full of jars and just say, we're going to need more chocolates here. That's all I've ever wanted. <laughs> <laughs> that just looks like the most pleasant life ever. And I go and I'm sitting there with my comb and I'm just going, okay, give me a sec. I'm just fixing my, I'm fixing my pompadour. <laughs> <laughs> Did school let out yet? Oh, <laughs> oh Frank. <laughs> That's why I we keep you on the second then. floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I don't know. It was just a fun episode. All the We talked about this on one of the earlier ones about how uh, acting today, it's everything is so subdued because like yeah. people are afraid to really go for it. Because they think, oh, they'll look goofy or there'll be a gif or a meme. This the, the whole episode is just like really going for it. Yeah. Gig Young and his father are like at a, a nine out of ten the whole time. And it's just good. It's just fun. I just enjoyed the way they performed. I'm a sap for like father-son scenes. Like, I don't know why they just get to me. Like, yeah, me too. Scene, Superman the movie, this just that quick scene that is only seen like with uh Clark is talking to his dad, uh uh, to Jonathan Kent, like that scene, I can't watch that scene. I I have to stop talking about it because I'll just start I'll start rolling <laughs> tears. Like that, like any scene where like you just like 
And I've had that. Like, what would I say to my dad? It's like buy Apple stock. That's all I'd ever say to him. Like, if I went back to '87, <laughs> like just buy yeah. Apple stock. And there's a thing called the Google coming. <laughs> yeah, invest heavily. No, but um, it made me ask the question too, like more so than any other episode. Is like, what would I say to myself if I went back? You know, right? That's that's. What I always think about that. It's like, how would you if I had to convince somebody or any kind of poignant information that I could pass on to help, you know, your family, what, how would you say it? How would you get it across that you don't come off like a stark raving madman? Yeah. I don't know what you do. Right. I, I would know. hope that they would recognize me first of all. Right. Right. Yeah. I would hope I am not so horribly different at this t- time in my life that they just have no idea who I am and they think I'm a lunatic. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully there's some semblance of my face in there. And I love how subtly that, Young is transported back in time when he starts walking towards the sign that, you know, one and a half miles. Oh, yeah, the town's in walking distance. And the camera pans over to the mirror and you see him. It's like, oh, my God, that was just beautiful. Everything about this episode, it was it was a near perfect blend of like script, atmosphere and like direction. It was just subtly the music, every, everything about it was was beautiful. It also yeah, gets right into it. It doesn't yeah, waste any time yeah. setting up the plot. He just walks right. over and he's in there. Yep. Which in other episodes that have good premises that we'll talk about fairly soon, they get to the hook too late. And then, right. it, they, then they have to rush. Yeah. And oh, if you dude, only have you 25 minutes, you got to really get into the into the plot. Dude, did you just go through my notes for the... Uh, you I'm just right went behind through, you, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah this was uh i mean yeah it really i it's just you can't like last week's we were sitting there like just bummed because they just didn't take that premise where we wanted to and we had trouble articulating it. it's like where where could it go and i'm like i don't know and then this episode answered that question for us it was like yeah. right this is what i wanted to say like we're this also was also riddled with point. audio problems last week oh oh boy sorry about that folks my uh my setup was not very good last week. <laughs> I had little problems on my end. So if I keep disappearing in and out of the episode, that's uh, yeah. that, like we had to, you had to Frankenstein that in the edit, I imagine. We did our best. Yeah, yeah it was br- brutal. And that was our second time recording it because we had problems recording it the first time. The first time, yeah. And, and, and it was who? just that. And it was just brutal because like we all hated that episode so much. And it was just like we have to like watch it and talking about it again. Again. And then there was like questions about a third time. I was like, no, no, we're not doing it. I that. will not do it again. We'll put what we have and that's it. No. That's our version are... of the Twilight Zone. Right. If the people have watched have watched the episode, <laughs> it's just you just have to keep recording over and over the same episode. Yeah. Until we become Shelley Duvall in The Shining. <laughs> Spoiler for uh, some of our draft coming up soon. Or Ooh. it's possible. It's possible. very possible. Or, or wait, hold on. Wait, what is does this episode that? come out? <laughs> oh, wait, a draft yeah, that we've well, already said? <laughs> Someone's Maybe? definitely picking that regardless, right? <laughs> Maybe you heard it. Maybe you didn't. Who's to say, really? <laughs> Speaking of the last episode, which we didn't like, you know, that was a terrible protagonist that had no redeeming qualities. This right off the bat, you're invested in the guy. So you care what he goes through. Yeah. Right. It's relatable. Like, yeah. 
like she was not relatable. It's just like, ah, I'm not. So you mean to tell me I'm not young and hot anymore? It's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sort of. Yeah. Cause like, <laughs> but, but this guy was just like, he goes through like what everybody goes through. And it's like someone who's a little bit north of 36. It's a, I know you could say it gets worse, worse. Cause that's the character's age, 36. And I'm like, yeah, it's like everybody goes to that, that, that time where you're just like, man, I'd love to go back. And then, what is what is the essence of the uh, the 30s that looks so much fun? Because I think I think throughout these episodes, we're going to have a thought of, oh, man, pre phones, pre Internet. That looks fun. But this one, especially like what is it about this aesthetic lifestyle? Then is it just is it just tapping into a childhood thing when when we were all off the grid and we didn't have the phone at the hip? Like, what is the thing? Because it looks so much fun. It's the the somewhere that's green. uh you know, analogy that you go do, you go right to, you know, little shop of horrors. And it's just, you know, that it's that whole, just look about just everything looks so quaint and everyone's right. so friendly and cl- everything's clean. It's just, everyone just looks like they're enjoying themselves. Now you go outside and everyone's miserable. There's no eye contact anymore. No, right. People, people you, actually you look, look at, at each them, other. They, right, right. People, oh, good morning. Hi, how are you? It's like you say that to someone now, you might get spit at, a coffee thrown at you. Yeah, and you're crazy. Like, I, yeah. I've lived in Brooklyn my whole life, and I remember the first time I, I really went out of state. I started, like, traveling a bunch around the country in, like, my teens, and I'll never forget my first time in Oregon. I'll, there was a guy riding his bike towards me. And he was like making like full on eye contact with me. And I was really freaked out by it. I was just like, what the hell? Like, what's going on? What here? does this guy this want? Guy, is this something fight? on me? <laughs> right. Yeah, he's, he's, and, he, and it's like going on for a long time. And what is this? I'm 19. So I'm probably high as shit. And uh, <laughs> it's like, what's the hell? And it's just like, I've never been in a situation like outside. Like, you know, I grew up in Brooklyn. So it's like anytime he's making sustained eye contact with you, that means they're looking for a problem. Right, mm-hmm. you're and this getting guy, robbed, or yeah, I'm getting jumped. Like he's, he's like like he smells fresh fish. It's just like it's time. He's, the guy's going for me. <laughs> so, I was in I was in Minnesota last year, and it was the same thing where people would look at you as you're walking by, and they'd go, "Hi, how you doing?" And you're, well, I'm always like, "Whoa, what the fuck do you, what want? you want? What's going? You're right. What's like? It's, it's the my blue but, heaven." Uh. Yeah, and the fi- guy finally passed me. He goes, "Hi, how are you today?" Like that. I was like. <laughs> What just ah! happened? <laughs> it's disorienting. It's like, why would you do that? <laughs> take my wallet. Take my wallet. I don't want any trouble. Yeah, yeah I don't like this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's really strange. Yeah, and that's like what we feel like it probably was like then. It's just like everybody's smiling at each other and how you doing? Hi, how are you? And it's it's like because it's, it's such a. Nice. I I, would, I wonder what people who are, live in areas that are like that think of things like this. Like oh, again. Gotta see this again. Betty down. They must really hate everything. I can't imagine them being charmed by it. <laughs> it's like Betty down the street's gonna talk to me again. I have to be reminded about this on television. Yeah, the grass <laughs> is always greener. Right. Yeah. I was surprised Frank Overton, who plays the dad, he didn't have much of a career that I saw. But again, like everything in this episode feels so familiar. Like his performance, I swear, like someone did a parody of how he talks. And his rhythm, I don't know what it is. Like, he looks familiar. Everything in this episode just felt familiar. Like, it's been parodied and stuff that I love. I don't know what it is, but I was surprised he didn't have more of a career. Did Back to the Future probably, like, did Zemeckis and Gale ever watch this episode and said, you know, 
That's Dale says premise. no. He he, I because I looked I listened to a uh. podcast interview with him a while ago, but then I double checked again through this, and there's no mention of this episode. But it's one of those like oh, I don't I don't believe you. How hmm. can this not have been somewhere in your notes? Yeah, has anyone seen this episode before? Prior to the watchback, I don't think so. I don't no. think so either. I have no memory I don't think of so. it. Wow. That's there you go. That's one of the things we said. Like, oh, you know, you think you've seen so many episodes of the show. When I yeah, tell it, people like about it and, you know, discuss like watching the Twilight Zone again. I'm like, oh, I've seen them all. I, you know, I'd love to talk about some of them. It's like, have you seen them all? You think you might have seen them all. It's like, yeah, they, they only ever show like the same. It's like top 40 radio. They only ever play the same group of episodes yeah. every year yeah. at like at New Year's. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, this one. It's like, oh, I've watched this one. And it's like, so yeah, you think you've seen them all, but like, there's a lot. Of, how many episodes are there? It's like 100 and something. 150 something. Yeah, it's crazy. So that's like, yeah, I definitely not have seen 150 episodes of Twilight Zone. This was ranked number nine in Time Magazine's 50th anniversary celebration of the show. Wow. I think it deserves it. Yeah. This is a, this is an all timer. Absolutely. Like, and it's funny, like it, it's changing my like standards because like episode two up to this point was the standard bearer in this rewatch. It's like oh this blew the this blew it right out the water this one. So they got a they got a new we've got new a sheriff new, in town new sheriff in town. Yeah, it's not Gig Young because he's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> you can be with booze. It's not Mister Denton. <laughs> no. Oh no. Bill Irwin was in this episode again. He was uh, Ron Howard's uh, dad. Oh, but really? He was, he was uncredited, yeah. As Wilcox boy. Wilcox. Well, Ronnie old was Ronnie Howard was the Wilcox boy. And uh, Bill Irwin, I'm... oh, well, all right. Was credited as uh, <laughs> Wilcox, Wilcox dad. Yeah, Wilcox dad, but he was uncredited. He must have just been a guy hanging around and they just said, hey, Irwin. <laughs> Irwin, get on set. Are you are you are you available and then, to? Hey, oh, can you? And he this? answered them. Oh, well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was yeah. a good one. You guys want to hear my top five uh, Ron Howard movies? Sure. Yeah. All right. Real quick. Number five, Cocoon. Number four, Apollo thirteen. Number three, Night Shift. Number two, Parenthood. <laughs> and to me, the best Ron Howard movie, Splash. Oh, Splash <laughs> is so good. It's 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 an underrated. Classic splash. Yeah, I'm a fan. Night shift. Don't worry, the ground broke my fall. That's night shift with uh, Mike. Yeah, with, with the fonts and Michael yes. Keaton. Yeah, that's and, great. Um, Shelley Guy, Long. Uh, yes, Shelley Long. Judd, Judd, put splash on your list. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah, John no, Candy is is great. Yeah. Throw nickels under the under ladies like look up their dresses. I'm like, remember that? Like, was that yeah. his thing in the movie? Yeah. It's a little creepy, but it's okay. This is one of the first of uh, only four episodes where Serling does a, a mid-episode break where he comes in to narrate. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I called that. Only, that was weird. Yeah. yeah, I was like, wait a minute. we do They do this? Only four times that they did it. Wow. It was uh, the other three are Time Enough at Last, which <sighs> is coming up. Yeah. Coming, up. coming up soon. Um, Shot an arrow into the air in 1960, and... I sing the body electric from sixty two. Season three and five. Huh. 
that's weird. Like, I wonder what caused that, that they said, we need something right here. I, yeah, I don't know. I wonder it's if it's a- like an emotional interest on Serling's part. Mm-hmm. I only say that because he loved this episode so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, now I got to see they shoot horses, don't they? I got to see that. Oh, dude, it's so, it's it's great cast. Uh, who else is in it? Oh, Jane Fonda. Uh, crap. <laughs> red buttons. Oh, red buttons will break your heart in this movie. Uh, it's it's brutal. It's, it's speaking. It's funny. Like they idealize the 30s in this episode. Go watch that and see how bad the 30s could get. Right. Because it was the depression, which is weird because I guess it's after the No, it's, uh, we're still in the depression in the 30s. So like. It's a weird thing. It's like, again, it's like you idealize the, the 30s and it's like, were we in depression? But it's just like to when you're a kid, it doesn't feel that way. Like 87, like 80. Why do I keep saying well, I just really like the year 87 in the 80s? Like you look back and it's like shit was really screwed up in the 80s, but you don't see it that way. Especially Justin, because he wasn't alive yet. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what this episode is, right? It's it's taking the idealistic version of the past yeah, and and how you see it as a kid. Anything uh, not work for anybody in this episode? Couldn't say offhand. One thing I thought was kind of weird was like, it didn't seem that it clicked with him that he was in the past until the guy mentioned the year of the new car. And that was like after he was at the shop and he saw the prices and after he was trying to convince his parents that he was him in like his childhood house. But the neighbor's like, what, what, what'd you say? What year is that? That's a 1930? He's like, what the? He like freaks out a little bit about that being a new car. I was like, eh, that's weird. Like, wouldn't hmm. you know that it's already? McFly Farm. Interesting. You know, my gripe is uh, car related as well. That uh, Martin's car is a, a 59 Jaguar uh, XK150. And there's no little rinky dink uh, side of the road gas station going to have that oil. Mm. Ah. Fair. Mm-mm. Not gonna happen. You ain't gonna pull up to mom and pop shop and have a have a change a a, a roadster's uh oil. Yeah. But maybe in the twilight zone. Mm, Everyone. Yeah. Mm. That was the twist. <laughs> it was really deep. You had to really be paying attention to get that one. <laughs> this one's for the gearheads. <laughs> yeah, mom is stupid. I was just like, eh, that's kind of weird. That rem- Speaking of Back sense, to the Future, though, I mean, that reminds me of the Back to the Future thing with uh, the guitar my- Marty uses hmm. is actually anachronistic because it had double humbucker pickups, and that hmm. didn't wasn't introduced until a couple years later. Sorry, everybody. Love it. Yeah, Chuck, Chuck, <laughs> you gotta listen to this. Um, the reason why they picked that guitar because it was like it was it was like Chuck Berry's like signature yeah, signature guitar. So it's like they said, all right, let's fudge the numbers a little bit. Yeah, that's all right. No one needs to know. It wasn't. I had a guitar. I, 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 I only reason I know that is I'm not a guitar person. I just had a guitar person not wait to t- could not wait to tell me that. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is bullshit. I'll tell you why. Yeah. yeah. Movie sucks. <laughs> I got the goods on it. It's like, does it really? <laughs> <laughs> not really seeing the forest for the tree there, are you? <laughs> um. Yeah, Th- it's really thoroughly tough enjoyable. To- it's a tough episode to talk about because it's just like, yeah, that was great. <laughs> like it just it executed all it set out to do like perfectly well. I, I don't know yeah. what else to say about it. It's a feel good ending. Yeah. 
It's just the whole episode was feel good. It yeah. was this was a top tier, you know, as far as ranking goes. This might take top slot so far for me. Yeah, this is when the show starts getting to the point where like, we're cooking now. Yeah, we're cooking. Like, and now, like, I think I, when you look at the list of episodes upcoming, it's like there's a run coming up. Oh yeah, like, just yeah, like we're crazy we have, uh, episodes. We got some and Titans a, on deck, yeah, and it's pleasant. Ones. It's pleasant too because it started essentially with this one because I didn't know this one, so going into it, I was like, I don't know what I'm in for. But now it's like, okay, this is great. And then yeah. here on out. We got he must have felt some pressure, Sterling, because he's the golden boy. Like, you know, he's he's a golden boy, like, you know, but going into this series. And like, you know, they're very like, you know, there's some modest successes in those first uh, four. All right. And uh, but like, you know, you don't see the potential that that he had with, you know, like uh, with uh, Requiem for Heavyweight. Like, you don't you're not seeing that there. This one, you're just like, oh, okay. That's the Rod Serling. Yeah. I mean, it's perfect yeah. script writing. Yeah. It's nearly flawless. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, this was a solid episode. I wonder if this episode, because it's so personal to him, was almost, it almost like unleashed some sort of creativity. It's like, it's almost therapeutic. Like he yeah, gets unlocked. this childhood thing out of his system and now he can maybe focus on other stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Unlocked his chi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, who writes the next? We still haven't had a first guest writer yet. Like, it's all Serling up to it's this all point. Which is, dude, that's I don't crazy. know when a guest writer comes in, to be honest. I do, uh, but it's not for, it's not for a couple episodes yet. And it's like, it's all the first uh, guest writer is Chucky Beaumont, who Charles Beaumont, who who's written his, who writes his fair share of good episodes in the show. At least the ones I recognize. Everything about this episode is just endearing. Everything. It's like just a little wisp of memory that takes you on on a journey with Martin Sloan and just reminds you of just all all the pleasures of your past and everything it's just a good nostalgia story is that when you're nostalgic by the end <laughs> for a place that you've never been to like I'm nostalgic for Martin's childhood by the end of the episode right uh, uh, whereas like it's like I've never been to the 30s yeah I mean basically the it's life is short. Enjoy yourself. Like yeah. that's what that's right. what he wants to tell you. Yeah, that's the lesson. Don't dwell on the past. That's the lesson, right? Life is short. See if he see if he had just been stuck there, then it would the episode once it wouldn't have landed. It, right. It, but the fact that he's like, okay, right, I, I this isn't where I live anymore. Right. And Dick right. Young did a perfect. Sorry. sorry. No, that, I was just gonna say how much the soda pop actually cost. Thirty five <laughs> cents. <laughs> Ouch. He's like, yeah, he was like saying, ouch, what's this this goddamn inflation? Thanks. <laughs> thanks, past Biden. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the president's name from then. I'm not a smart man. <laughs> Biden. You know, Gig Young did a tremendous job as, you know, portraying like you're essentially like your emotionally fragile hero. Like he comes into the episode as a sort of like, standoffish and kind of like with his head up, you know, talking down to the the gas station attendant because he's like a successful uh, ad agency guy. And, you know, from the moment he enters his own town, it's just every his, his whole, everything changes. And when he comes back, you know, circles around, he's a lot more pleasant. He's a, uh, it's when you, it's like what you're pining for when you're pining for the past is not, 
the thing you're pining for the person you used to be. And that's what he is. He's just yeah. like, yeah, he's just been hardened by, you know, the experiences of adulthood. And, you know, you're just like, oh, man, I wish I didn't have to think about all this shit right now. It's very easy to be envious of the episode, too. And I think that makes it more appealing. Yeah. Don't worry. In like five years, you'll be able to live in 1987. Like, it's just around the corner. Oh, I'm waiting for that. The metaverse? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah oh, exactly. that's what I'm doing. I'll I'm meet doing... you at the soda pop stop and we'll uh, get some dime, some dime soda and ice cream. It'll be great. Is that going to be real? Can we really do that? Well, you're the one with yeah. the quest in the room. I know, but so, it's, it's sometimes. How close are we, Chris? We're not I always that ask close, you. guys. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I log in and you don't, I log out immediately. There's not a lot of fun going on in there right now. It's a fun, they haven't gotten past the gimmick stage. With right. The, it's like, wow, this is fun for five minutes at a time. Yeah, exactly. The games are cool. Like, wow, I like it. Heavy. <laughs> I get into it. I'm like, ah, oh, this is fun. But then like you enter those worlds, like their new thing. Well, actually there's just a big update with uh, their meta world horizons. It's called. And like, but mostly it's just people just standing around like, Hey, where are you from? Hey, you want to talk to me? <laughs> and I'm like, I just don't want to, but then I get like, I don't want to talk to anybody. So one just, cyber. Right, right. That's essentially what's going on. <laughs> And then you hear little kids scream and curse words, and then they get banned. It's just—it's really funny, but it's <laughs> I mean, no like, Ready Player want... One yet. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. The Ready Player One, the book version, is like like when they have like a virtual finished basement. Like I said, oh my god, when I read that part, I was yeah. like, wow, that okay. It's oh, like... people have that. There's like hangout pads and stuff that you can go to and do stuff like that. That exists, but uh... the people in it are really kind of shitty. Well, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. But again, that, that's the thing. It's just like you, you get those things. Like I went on a big collecting binge in throughout my 30s of like buying childhood stuff. And my apartment is still reflective of that. And it's just like none of these things brought any happiness or joy. <laughs> Momentarily happy. Yeah. You're ho- you're, when you get that package or you, oh, uh, like, you know, great. eBay. Oh, that's the best three to five minutes of your life. Like when you get like <laughs> when you get like an old toy back, like you, it. it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, but that's it. what this episode is, right? Like when you see the Monster Squad poster on your wall, initially you're probably like, "Oh, great movie," and then there's probably a party that's like, "But it's gone, it's, it's gone. gone." So, th- so it's this weird kind of high and then low, right? Yeah, yeah. you get this endorphin rush and then a crash, a crash into reality. It's hmm. like, oh wait, oh it still all sucks. <laughs> Oh, I still got diabetes. God damn it. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, that's why I say everyone should watch this episode because like we really I, I dude, I found like some YouTube channel or, or no, it was a TikTok, And it's just like I decor like it's just somebody who decorated their room like the 90s. And that's cool for five minutes. But it's just like I don't want to be in there all day. No, it's like man. somebody lives in there. Like it's it's decorated meticulously like the 90s. And it's like, wow, that's so cool. Then it's just like, I'd feel like really creepy being in here for too long. <laughs> yeah. First, is this the first classic, you think? Yeah, 100%. Right? Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, what, what do you, uh, one to 10? Mm. This is a nine. Yeah. Easy nine. Nine. Easy nine. I'm reserving nines and tens for. There's not. I'm gonna tell you right now. Spoiler. There's not gonna be many. I don't give out tens willy nilly. 
<laughs> All right. I'm going to go eight. a couple. I think I'm going to go eight, too. Because I've I've poked ahead a little. Oh. And there's some there's some real there's some real cheese on that bread coming up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh wow. But that's the eight is the highest so far of the of the five for me. So we're moving yeah, up. I, yeah, I was a little too generous, I think, early on. I was given episode two at eight or nine and like, nah, you got to drop down to a seven in the face of this. Like this made me reconfigure yeah. how I rated other things. Mm-hmm. Once we get to the so, end of season one, we'll go through them and pick our top few episodes. Oh yeah. We definitely need to yeah, do that. And I had to do like a ranking maybe of every episode in the season from one all the way down to bottom tier. And I'll tell you right now, I know which one's on the bottom. <laughs> so, oh, right now oof, it's an easy bottom. Easy. Uh, actually, uh, from what we've watched, I don't want to. So oh, far, from what we've watched at this point, I know what the bottom is. It's yeah, out of the out of what we've watched now, <laughs> <laughs> not episodes we may have gone ahead and watched, right? <laughs> but you can't really do this. I'm trying to think if there's a show on today. Where as you're going along, you would think, oh, you know what? Episode three actually is worse or episode four actually is better. You can't. Can you have that experience with any other show on right now? I don't think so. Because everything is so serialized and you have to see each one. Right. Nothing. There's nothing that stands alone anymore. Right. And it's like, oh, yeah, it gets good in season six. Right. (laughs) Who the fuck has time for that? It's like, oh, really? Hold on. Buckle up, because you don't know what's coming 70 episodes from now. I had friends who used to do that to me all the time. It's like, dude, you just got to power through the first three seasons. And I'm like, I don't want to power through three seasons. <laughs> yeah, that's it's fucking... like It's like like Buffy. Like that, If I wasn't told that I had to power through season one, like it, it did lead to like, because Buffy, I got to watch Buffy that way, because I would not have made it past season one of Buffy. No, it's tough. It's It really is. It's especially the further away you get from like the aesthetic of like the nineties and it's just like, but, but it's really tough. Like, it's just like, Oh, somebody, what was the show that somebody tried to make me watch? Oh, Babylon five. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's brutal. I tried they, to watch. I mean, I, I understand the, the whole, ever, you know, the gimmick of it and, and how impressive it is. Wrote pa- uh, what was wrote it? J. Michael Straczynski, whatever the hell his name is. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote rising stars, no, rising, rising stars, stars which, which is excellent. fantastic. Right. Tremendous. And I'm surprised that hasn't been adapted. Yet. Uh, it's it, so, someone owns it. There's a studio that owns it and they're trying to figure it out. I'd love to yeah, see but that it's on like, screen. They said this is his science fiction magnum opus and it's like one right. contained story in season five, but it's like, okay. It's five yeah, seasons, dude, right? Got, he wrote the whole power thing. Through. Out, but it's like, I'm, <laughs> it's I'm like, watching season like, one uh, and my eyes are fucking bleeding and I'm like, please just yeah. please something happen. Billy Mummy, who's in a couple episodes of this, is uh, one of the stars of that show. Um, but it's I just love that help. term power through. Like, listen, you just have to torture yourself for like three right. weeks and yeah. then you'll be really good. I swear. Hey, you know <laughs> that a finite goofy. amount of time that you have a day for leisure. You have to eat shit for a good six weeks of that. It's like, it's like, no, I don't want to eat. shit. <laughs> yeah. That's why, I mean, that's why this show is just so, just so great and has such like rewatchability. Because you could just put on an episode. You don't have to know anything. You don't. That's why anthology series, you know, are always just. I, I prefer them. I, I could walk away. Like you know, I could walk away. Right. I, I can skip. I don't have to watch them all. 
Oh, it's just, it's so shows are so now or so like, I can't, this is why I don't watch a lot of everybody's like, why don't you watch this? Cause it's like, I can't, it's so con you're when you make a show, that's like one big maxi story. It's like, it's so contingent on the end for me that I can't like, I'm not, I, I don't have the strength to like, I've been, I've been hurt so many times. Hmm. Yeah. And they're it's always like, going to save the juice for future seasons. Yeah, you know save I mean? the juice, or they've run out of it long since, and they're just treading water. And I, I, I get really like you're wasting my time now. Like you're running, like you're just spinning wheels now. Yeah, and it's just mm -hmm. it's frustrating. It's like I can't just give me, you know, I'm a one pump chump with a show. Just give me one, just hit me with some nice hour long drama. That's why I go to sleep. You know what I watch every night to go to sleep now? Fantasy Island. <laughs> I, I watch that the new scary one. No, ew, come on. <laughs> I didn't even see that. Me neither. Um, hey, just pop it in. Just like, hey, look, a bunch of people show up. Stuff happens to them. They leave. And that's the <laughs> end of their story. Next. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think we've. I think there's got to be some fatigue coming with this, like the heavy serialization of stuff. It has to be because it's just like I, I'm fatigued. I'm like way past fatigued. It's like that's why shows like Law and Order still work because they're they're essentially kind of anthology shows, and it's just like I could pop in. Like I, I would like I got into like a thing of watching that show for a little bit, Law and Order SVU, and it was just like I could pop in an episode of season six and then jump ahead to season twelve, and go back to season one. And it's just like yeah, I'm not lost. I understand what's happening. You would think we're going to hit some sort of breaking point with the binge model, and the serialized content, because it just feels like there's so much stuff now, that it it just it's like forms static, so no one really is excited to ever watch anything anymore. I mean, aside from those odd cultural moments, like even though uh, Game of Thrones was a was a was a wash at the end, um, oof. Oof. but it was still fun to be part of a cultural moment that are very rare. Yeah, it's just like we we yeah we hated it, but we all hated it. <laughs> but it was like that's fun. It was when social. That happens. It was social. Yeah. yeah, but like yeah, a lot of these things are not social, and that is a fun thing when you're watching live with people like and you come in the next day and talk about that yeah i think that died with thrones the building across the street from me during thrones would have watch parties so people would go on the roof and there'd be like 100 people and they'd have the projector with these really? huge speakers and people would watch people would watch thrones live as if, as if it was like a concert oh the finale <laughs> must have, the body must the streets must have been littered <laughs> with bodies <laughs> People were so ready to be mad. You could feel it before it ended. People yeah, were yeah. ready to like be upset. So uh, by the they, time it happened, it was like, yeah, okay, sure. They primed us very good though. <laughs> they oh, they lathered us up with that disappointment. Yeah. yeah. All the all the all those oils. Yeah, but you watch this, it's like, oh, that was fun. Like you watch like a show that's serialized, like you don't have that crazy commitment. And that's why it's fun doing this, because it's like, oh, we're all talking about a show. We're having our water cooler experience you know, the next day. Yeah. And you have to think about it. You can't yes. just go read about what someone else thought on Twitter. There's a yeah. fun little connection to this episode in uh, Twilight Zone, the movie. Oh, uh, Helen Foley, the character in the, the school teacher in, um, what's the episode? What's the episode that they do? It's a good life. The good life. Her, she says during that, uh, introduction that her hometown is Homewood. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's sick. 
J.J. Abrams also uh, references it in Super 8. Boo! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Air Force's operation in the film is titled uh, Operation Walking Distance. Because this, oh. this is J.J. Abrams' favorite episode. Oh, okay. I could see that. That's a nice little thing that they did. Great stuff all around. See you, it's a nice thing he did there. I think we're gonna think we're gonna have to think we're gonna wrap it up on this one. I mean, we said everything that uh, needs to be said about walking distance. Top tier zone. Yeah. We were gifted a top tier zone in episode five. Yeah, this uh, this was good. Much needed after the week before. Yeah, much needed. Excellent, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate you all zoning out with us. I'm Christopher oh, hold Feinstein. On a second. Nope. Hold on a second. Frank stinks. Sorry. Frank, what did you think? I make an announcement. Uh, uh, the, uh, the beautiful Christopher Feinstein has had a child. And I just want to congratulate him. Oh, thank you. And his lovely bride. Thank you. Ooh. Thank you. Thank you. The birth of his child. Thank Congratulations. You. Thanks, guys. Thanks. That's We're why. A few uh, days yeah. late recording this because uh, somebody went and had to. Someone decided to have a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, hi, you've been up to the devil's business. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> Had a beautiful daughter. Oh, Everything. she is beautiful. Mom and the baby she are doing gorgeous. great. Dude, we got to come over. Uh, you know, I was thinking, like, we sh- I should come over because I got to see the... Uh, I left a very bad message. Did you hear the message I, did. I left for you? I did. I loved every <laughs> second of it. I want to play it. Maybe <laughs> next week I'll play it. Maybe next week play it because it's embarrassing. It's so and great. It's just sh- I... I... I walked. I, I'm gonna open the episode next week with it. That's a promise. That's a spoiler for anyone listening. Please do. Next oh, week's bad. episode is opening with. Uh, I hate Frank's leaving messages. Mail. I hate leaving. I I just want to. I can't do normal people things like congratulate somebody on the birth of their child, like a close family member. I'm like, hey, let me call him and wish him congratulations, and I just muck it up like I do everything. It's else. so good. Well, even a me- I can't remember the last time I left someone a voicemail. Left a I was in the hospital. 19, 1987. <laughs> I was in the hospital the next day with my wife, and my phone rings. I, I didn't hear it because I didn't have the, the, you know, the phone on me. And I checked the voicemail, and it just brought so much joy to me. <laughs> At that it's time, really it was just so good. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, I appreciate it. I appreciate the gesture. <clears throat> Yeah, it was just me trying to be a human being for once, and I just blew it spectacularly. <laughs> oh, God. All right, oh, folks. Wow. Thank you so much for zoning out with us. Should I say our names again since we did it already at the beginning? I'll probably just do it. I'm Judd. Chris Feinstein. John Sachs. Raggy Boy. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Later, All righty. What am I doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs>